For the next 30 or 60 days, we urge you to play this record every day. Play side one in the morning before you leave your home. Play side two in the evening. If you will do this, you will start the development of those traits in your personality that will enable you to make people like you, believe you, and trust you. Episode, everyone. This is not spooky. Oh, you mean uh, no spooks allowed? Well, I was introducing myself. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, yes, this is no spooks allowed. The podcast. This is NSA underscore mod, and we're here to talk to you about our love affair with capitalism. The continuation that should have occurred last week. Right. So we were supposed to watch a video. The corporation, but your boy, not spooky, didn't finish it. Um, I should also mention... But we're dedicated to getting these things out every week. The, these mics are different, so I don't know how they're going to sound. So I'm further away than normal, but I'm still registering somehow. And I'm just as close as normal, so... so and I'm registering really high, so... He could be exploding your eardrum. You could probably think of a mouse. Hopefully, I can normalize everything in audacity. Hopefully. Um, and maybe you can hear us both drinking water throughout. Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, he has to open. Some ASMR for you. You know uh, Scott Adams? Yeah. He does a, a video show every morning. Really? And one of I the think, does he turn it into a podcast as well? Well, like, does he put it out as a podcast as well? That I don't know. I know that he does, like, he does it through Twitter, and, um, what's that thing that he has on Twitter? Or what's that, like, uh... Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, it's like that service, I forget what it's called, but this is terrible radio. Um, but basically afterwards, he does that, like, he does it live, and then he puts it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but he starts all... Periscope. Per- there you go. And he does it all the time, and one of the things that he does is basically he has everyone just, like, get their cup of coffee. Coffee, and, yeah. And start out with their morning sip. This this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've listened to a couple of... Oh, he only has his most recent ten. It was actually back when I was still, like, a right-wing nut. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to him, and, like, the only reason I clicked on him is because, like, it said similar to what you already listened to. And then I was listening intently to see if he was pro-Trump or anti-Trump. And, like, if he was anti-Trump, I was, like, going to turn it off. So, well, but he, he's good down in the middle. Like, I liked what he had to say. Now, I don't know if I, like, knew what he was trying to say back then, but. Well, his whole thing is um, he thinks that Trump is a good, um, I don't want to say magician. What's the word? Um. I'm trying to think what it is. Uh, like, a, a good hypnotist. There you go. Oh, yeah? Uh, so, one of the things that Scott Adams is, like, really into is, like, hypnotism and stuff like that. Really? 
and because I don't know, he has like a lot of weird skill sets where it's like uh, he talks about it like throughout his podcast and his books. Um, but the one thing that he feels is that like uh, Trump is a good hypnotist in terms of being able to uh, learn like the psychology of a crowd and how to work them into like, a frenzy. Yeah. So it's like if you, and then also like how to make any problem work in his favor. So, like, if you read a lot of, like, uh, Scott Adams' blog, it's kind of quite interesting, because it's, like, he kind of basically just shows you, like, just from a psychological level, like, hey, this is what Trump was doing, and then at that point, like, to you, it may seem like, oh, this is a weird thing to do. It's like, 4D chess. I mean, in a way. So, like, one of the things that he says, like, like whenever he does a typo, like, it is almost intentional, because a typo draws your attention to what he was specifically referring to. Interesting. And then at that point, it's always, like, some weird, like, crime and stuff like that, that at that point, like, it puts that word in your head, and then you basically go <coughs> on later to research it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I never... That's... that's once again, like, he... It's one of the benefits he, of following Trump on Twitter, apparently. <laughs> um, the 40 chess that he's playing and the dog whistles he's blowing. But where, how did we start here? Oh, it was because the whole morning sip. Yeah. Um, Get Scott Adams and ASMR. Dude, ASMR is weird. Have you, like, watched it? Oh, I am quite familiar with it. Are you avid? Are you an avid watcher? Oh, no, or no. Or listener? I, I was, when I, first, when I first started hearing about it, like, around 2012, mm-hmm. like, I thought it oh, was... Oh, you, you're way into it then. <laughs> I only knew about it, like, this year. Or, I guess, last year, because 2019. No, I, like, I haven't heard about it for a while. Like, I thought it was kind of an interesting subject. I was like, because it's like, people are so into, like, podcasts and things like that, where it's like, at that point, I don't know, have you ever heard of Binaural Beats? No. Okay, so, essentially, the idea of Binaural Beats is, like, that you can mess with, like, frequencies, and then, like, you could probably just put it in the background, like, a music and what have you, but it's, like, a frequency that's just playing in the background. But it can trigger, like, different elements of your brain. Really? To then at that point, like, if you, like, they typically kind of say, like, oh, like, if, if you want, like, the same reaction that you would on, like, LSD, you put on, like, this frequency. Or if you want the same, fre- like, uh, reaction as a cocaine, you put this frequency. And then at that point, like... Is that scientific? It, I mean, it's, a, it's homeopathic, basically. Oh, okay. So, it's a, but the whole thing is just that like, you just put it on in the background, and then it's just, like, you just hear, like... Like, you see, like, a weird, like, low humming. And it's supposed to trigger something in your brain? Yeah. Interesting. So, it's... Is that, like, the beginnings of ASMR? That, that to me, like, they both came out at the same time. Where it's, like, people started going the ASMR route, and then it was also the binaural beats, like, crowd. And then it's just, like, there was a point where they just both diverge. Interesting. And it's a... I don't know. But, like, uh... Have you ever... So, another thing I also found out, there's, um... Oh, what's it called? It's like mukbang. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's another weird thing, but like it's similar to like ASMR, except you're just watching someone eat. But a lot of people get off on like just hearing the noises of the chewing. That's called. Oh, I thought that was ASMR. That's what in my mind ASMR is. Like, well, ASMR like, would be like like the Asian giant girl, like not the giant girl, the Asian Asian girl biting into the giant sea cucumber that like just explodes and. Like, well, like, Puts all the noodles in her mouth. There's stuff like that, but I'm talking about, like, for, like, so, for someone that's listening, like, 
this me like rubbing the cap against this like bottle like that is a form of asmr and they also have like uh scissors like that sound of like scissors like the yeah like going into like paper like construction paper oh yeah or like crumbling styrofoam yeah but then mukbang is like the eating portion mukbang is like the eating portion but like it's like it's weird like it's like a fetish yeah um here's a oh don't do that i i think like i don't know like isn't that a sign of autism? Probably. <laughs> like, like if you like can't ha- stop. <laughs> if you can't handle a, like a certain like texture noise or something, like I think that's like a sign of autism. Well, or I mean, like there's certain type of uh, noises that I can't stand, but I'm not gonna admit it to anyone. So that way they don't use it against me. Yeah. That's. Oh jeez. Like a- nails on a chalkboard. Like I can handle the nails on a chalkboard, but like if you like rub paper together, I'm like. I'm out. Um, let's see. So don't use it against me, but... This is an experiment in ASMR. Yeah, I mean, this is just, like, trying to make up for the fact that, like, you didn't watch the second half, so it's just, like, adding content. Uh, Oh, this is dreaming me. Oh, I was like, oh, do you get motion sick? Oh, um, I I play VR, so then at that point, like... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, it's one of those things that, if it gets too intense... Eventually, you need something to... Uh, Dude, I want to try VR. I've never... I've never tried VR. Alright, well then, we'll set it up. Sweet, dude. Oh, wait, but... We can't next weekend because of logistics. And logistics, yeah. For both of us. But yeah. the following week. Yes. And we'll do it on air. See what happens. Um, just kidding. Want? I'm just joking. I feel like that'd be a lot of silence. Waiting for me to fall oh. over or something. I'm sure that it'd be a lot of, like... You just, I don't know, being marveled at, like, sizes and just like, oh, look at my hands. Yeah. And then at that point, then looking up and, like, basically seeing, like, oh, that's a mountain or stuff like that. Just, like, being, like, the, the, the concept of, like, your brain having to adapt to... What, s- what software do you use? Oculus? Oh, no, no. It's just uh, through the PlayStation. Oh, PlayStation. Cool. I didn't uh, know they had that now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to go out, $400, you can get, like, yourself... A four hundred dollars to spend. Well, then go mug someone. <laughs> That's theft, just like taxation. Um, but where, how did we? Oh, because we got to the ASMR. Yeah. But yeah, mukbang. Um, there was a. How do we get to ASMR? Um, oh, because of the morning sip. Oh yeah, ASMR. Dude, I don't know. Like, I was listening to this podcast saying that like they think ASMR is somehow tied to your favorite thing to research as of late. The coronavirus. I did not mention it. <laughs> I know, I know. We made it, what, ten minutes? <laughs> coronavirus. Dude, I don't want to be scared, and you're making me scared of the coronavirus. There's been, like, eight people, and, like, is that, why should I worry about eight people? Well, it's, it's the same thing that I was saying to you this morning, where it was just like, um... That once, if, if we go the same trajectory where next week it's 20, then at that point we're going to start mirroring China. And, like, that is, like, it is kind of why I was saying where it's like, hey, look, more than likely, if it doubles, like, it'll probably double in a week. And it did. And then at that point, now we're in a situation where now there's eight. But those eight people basically kind of traveled around for a while before they were ever caught. And Isn't there one in, like, nearly every, every state now? Or not, or Un- unconfirmed, unconfirmed. Well, I mean, 
it's suspected, I guess. That's I would say. Like, there's a lot of people that are suspected of having it. Jeez, I'm about to travel too, like to places where like they have confirmed cases. I mean, the shirt came from a place where it is a confirmed case. Oh, jeez. So, how does it travel? Um, I mean, it's airborne. It's airborne, but like, can it be stored in clothes and stuff? Um, I mean, there was. So, like, because of your following of people, I get weird, um, like, hey, this is recommended to you. Yeah. And there was a guy that was saying, like, oh, um, you won't, like, if, uh, if someone were to cough or what have you on, like, any packages through Amazon and it came from China, that by the time that it reaches you, the disease should have died. That's comforting. But I, I don't know, to me, that seems like... So, like, how much stock should I put in the CDC saying that the chance for getting novel novel coronavirus being low? How much stock should I put in that? Considering they also said that their testing devices are not working. Oh, jeez. Can we move on? I don't like this. Hey, I did you did you buy huh? did you buy a biohazmat suit or is no, it still to just me, like? It's like there's a point where it's like. I have it on my wish list, and it's just like the minute that it's just like it reaches this threshold, America bought. Oh jeez, I'm like I'm considering when I do travel, I'm gonna like wear a mask because like I'm going out into like a public event. Well, so the thing about masks is, for the most part, you're protecting other people. That doesn't protect other people from protect like from coughing on you. But doesn't that like prevent pathogens to from getting in your nose? Or would you have to wear, like, a full-on gas mask? Well, I mean, from I guess there's a lot of issues in, that I've heard where it's like the first thing they start saying is, like, always wash your hands and stuff like that. Don't touch your face. Oh, gee. Capitalism's fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I like capitalism. I don't like viruses. For the record, I never brought it up in this episode. He did. I know. It was me. It was me. But it's hard not to in, like... The only thing that I'm getting texts about and seeing on Twitter is novel coronavirus. So, uh, I guess let's talk about that. Because I would say it's a different aspect. Is that you believe, in a sense, that the fear-mongering is intentional to, like, like from the media. Well, I, I don't watch media. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that the media is fear-mongering. And I guess Except it, from what I've heard today. Like, I've been going around... And I heard had the radio on, and I saw like um, local news, and they're all kind of downplaying it now that I see it. Yeah, and like that is what I get from it, where it's like it seems more like the the media is downplaying it, but like like I don't never want to believe the media, and like now I'm freaked out about it because I thought they were fear mongering, but now they're like, no, eh, it's not that bad, and I'm like, crap. So the enemy of my enemies, my friend. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the mayor of China, uh, not China, uh, the, the Wuhan, uh, basically, he was out there basically saying that it was just, like, every suspected, like, person, so, that, so okay, so there's a difference in the numbers, which is also a thing I found out today, is that there's suspected, confirmed, and then people who died and who have recovered. There are people that have recovered? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I'm young, healthy. If I do get it, I'll probably recover. And probably if you were to go to the hospital and, but... Well, yeah, I would go to the hospital. I, I don't want to go down this entire route, but, like, so... One of the weird things in China right now is that they make you go through four tests. 
one is to basically rule out the common flu, and then the other is to just kind of see, like, do you have pneumonia? But typically... Can you have, like, the common flu and coronavirus at the same time? Well... So, like, for for example, that first test, you take it, and then, oh, it's the common flu, then they just, like, write it off? I mean, I'm not going to speak as if I'm a, an expert. All I know is what I've heard in terms of this whole, like, four-step process. Mm-hmm. But the fourth step is the one where they test you specifically for the coronavirus. And the reason that they make you go through all four is because their supplies are ultra-limited. So, one in 12 people basically get tested for it. Okay. Why is it so limited? Just because they're bad at allocating resources? I mean, that and also, like, who knew that they had a test for that? True. But how? what's the number now? Thousand-something? Um, as of this morning, I think it reached uh, 17,000 people. 17,000? Yeah. 17,000, not 1,700? Wait. Now you're making... No, no, yeah, 17,000. Because oh, when you and I first spoke, it was around 1,500. What the heck? Really? Uh, I don't... Yeah, even... I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Look up uh, John Hopkins... Uh... This is specifically in China or worldwide? Worldwide. Okay. But most of it is in China. Would it be... Would reputable be John Hopkins? John John Hopkins uh, Coronavirus Interactive Tracker. Um, and then tracking was, the spread of the outbreak. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And it takes 9,000 plus in China. Eight in the United States, four in Canada. But it says 17,000, right? Um, I'm still looking. No, wait. No, 17,000 is suspected, and then I think it's... Uh, There's 13,000 there in China, 13,800 in China. But 17,000 is suspected, which oh is, a, is a different thing. Oh, jeez. But, so, the mayor of China... So, I mean, 13,000, I was like 4,000 off for right now, but Monday morning it's going to be 17,000 based on the trajectory. But, according to the mayor of China... The suspected number, which is 25,000 of the Wuhan. Uh, the, the suspected is everyone, all suspected amount, blah, 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 blah. All 17,000 of the people that are suspected all have pneumonia, at least. So they could have corona, but there's not enough medical supplies to test them. Oh my goodness. So, like, if you get pneumonia, you're more at risk? No, it's like it's a it's a thing of uh, a symptom of yeah. Oh, so geez. then at that point it's like so it's like there's at least seventeen thousand, but they don't have the testing strips to confirm it is the corona. How do you produce these testing strips? God, if I know, I, I'm not. Oh, I mean, geez. if I knew in advance, I would have put one hundred like thousand dollars into that company that is making them. Yeah, because that would be yeah. Assuming you have a hundred thousand dollars to. Hey, you don't know my finances. <laughs> I don't know your finances. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't like this. There's eight cases here in America. Four cases in Canada. It's all minuscule numbers now, but, like, I understand, like, things... But look, if you were to go to the interactive tracker... Yeah, I couldn't find it, so, like, uh-huh. I'll, I'll relook it up, but... John Hopkins, Coronavirus Interactive... 
Um, I don't know. I, I just freaks me out, dude. Well, the, there's a there's a couple things that I kind of wanted to get to. Is at this point, I'm 100% convinced this was a biological weapon. Really? Um, if you were to look it up, I mean, I sent you that one link a few days ago about the the guy from Harvard who got yep. arrested. So essentially, he was um, like this, like uh, prof- not professor, but like kind of like this, like scientist or what have you that was like using the Harvard University to like study a bunch of viruses. But essentially, he had clearances to basically do all these like research on like these dangerous diseases and stuff like that. He was getting paid about $17 million a year from the U.S. But then at that point, basically, he also got bribed by China for $1.5 million and was giving them all these, like, diseases. Yep. So there's that aspect. And then there's basically, like, cases in Germany and Canada where people have gotten arrested because they were bringing diseases out to, like, out there, in a sense. And, I mean, the idea is, like, well, people don't really know, like, were they planning on just releasing it, or like were they planning on what have you, like, a, or like studying it, or what have you? But like the idea is like, there's a lot of stuff that's specific, <coughs> specifically coming from Wuhan, that was, I don't know, like this whole like, I'm not gonna, uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we should probably cut out. Okay. Um, especially just in the sense of like the, um, the whole like spending time on the phone trying to look this up yeah i yeah i just found the map too so scares me well wait so scares me a lot. at the 12 minute mark that's when and we're 22 right now we spent 10 minutes talking about yeah. the coronavirus so all right so in that instance you finally found the the, the interactive tracker all right so if you were to look at that um in the beginning, if you if you were to see like in the like January nineteenth or something like that, essentially the cases are really small. Like basically, there's about ten or twenty or so that like. Right, but that's like ten or twenty known cases, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the same as now. So it's ten or twenty known cases, and then. There could be many, many others because of the train system and all that fun stuff. That and also because those people were walking around unknowingly. And that could be happening right now. Yes. So, like, the guy in Chicago who was sick because of his wife, the CDC showed that he didn't show symptoms for the first half. But then at that point, uh, so that way, he, he passed the test originally. So then they let him go. And then afterwards, he started showing symptoms. And then they put him into quarantine. So they can't even test early. That's a, that's kind of the issue. Is oh my the, goodness. So in that issue, it's like you have the guy who's in Chicago, and then you have the guy who's in Massachusetts, where it's like these guys were walking around for a while before they got caught. I mean, I mean, I guess before they went to the hospital and got confirmed. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of people that they would have talked to, communicated daily, probably went to like a pharmacy, got some medicine, wasn't working. So, there you go. There we go. Um, so a lot of so last week I mentioned the idea of the whole like reproduction rate. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to go down this road. There's so many things I find fascinating. Yeah, like that's all I've been listening to really as well. But I like hate listening to it because it just freaks me out. But like, ugh, 
the reproduction rate, Bill Gates. Bill Gates freaking, I, I don't know about that, man. He's something else, I'll tell you that. Um, Alright, well, I'm just going to diverge, but there's a lot of stuff that's interesting. Just literally go to Twitter, well, for as long as you can on Twitter, because now they're starting to say it's racist. To Coronavirus is racist? In a sense. Oh my goodness, because, oh, it comes from eating bat, and that's racist, that's just their culture. Well, there's been a weird thing where at this point, where like any time there's been like an Asian coughing and stuff like that. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah, my like Facebook feed is full of people that are... They're not from America, so they're full of, they're just super racist because China is currently occupying where they are. Uh-huh. So, like, and anyway. Well. They're very racist towards Chinese. I mean, from what I know, a lot of Asians are very uh, racist towards each other. That's true. That's, like, I don't understand. Like, here in America, you get called racist for, like, the dumbest things, and then you go anywhere else, and you see true racism. Yep. So, where like if we were, if they were here, they'd all be labeled the same. Well, I would say the thing about America when it comes to like racism, man, we're so far gone from this topic. Um, <laughs> so much for the corporation, guys. Um, it's my but, fault because I didn't watch the whole thing. But uh, when it comes to like racism within America, a lot of it would be, um, we look for trivial things to at this point classify as races, whereas in other countries there's like legitimate like outward expressions of hatred that is like... The border on violence, sometimes violence, like incarnate, I guess, I don't know. And it's just like, we, like... Those examples within America are so few and far between. I mean, like, I guess, like, Australia, like, their whole, like, Aboriginal type stuff, like, how they deal with them. It's like, we're, like, back in the, the 50s and what have you, they took a bunch of their children. I know, but that's, like, the 50s. Like, you could say that the same thing, like, Jim Crow laws. But, like, I'd say Australia is very similar. Any, like, first world country, like, Europe, anywhere in Europe, nearly anywhere in Europe, and... Australia is similar to America in the types of racism portrayed? Well, I, I guess, it, to me, the, the... I don't know, I guess like, even, like, Rwanda, it's, like, they're both, like... Yeah, the genocide. Yeah. It's, like, but that is, like, I don't know, it's, like, they go to a tribal level, I guess, throughout Africa, where it's, like, it's, like, tribal hatred of each other, and it's mm-hmm. just, like... Oh, do you remember back, like, that time we were discussing Rwanda? Like... Okay. Um, months ago. Months ago. Before the podcast. Yes, like non-intervention, like the non-interventionist solution. Mm-hmm. Like, I just barely learned that America had gone in and like done phrenology, mm-hmm. basically, like measuring the noses of the people, mm-hmm. and then that's what determined who was better and who wasn't. So, America exacerbated the problem, choosing a side. So, I don't know. Anyway, Rwanda, racist. Oh, but we also talked about Rwanda two weeks ago when it came to Alex Jones showing the footage that the soldiers were actually humiliated. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. The UN soldiers. Oh, everything's connected. Wuhan, Rwanda. Where would I be safe from? From what? Coronavirus. 
South South America and Africa. Really? Yeah. So like I just go down to Ecuador, I'd be good. I mean, you got other issues to do with. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, there's no like uh, known cases in either of them. I mean, but I mean, when it comes to Africa, you're gonna have to. I hear they have like a large Chinese, like, presence in Brazil. Colonialism. Oh, Brazil. Oh, pff, I don't know. I just heard. I have a friend that went to Brazil. So. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say maybe steer away from Africa just because of the <laughs> AIDS. No, I was gonna say uh, hyenas. A bad. Uh, <laughs> there's that. Uh, the bad infrastructure. Yeah. Um, I try to stay normal. Yeah? Like, not be, uh, what do you call it? Um, An edgelord? Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm embracing the edgelord. Um, oh, okay. Technically not coronavirus. Um, as of today, people were suspecting that, uh, the birth flu was also found within China. No. Stop. All right. So let's just. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna box that up, put a pin in it, and leave that for when the outbreak really happens. Yeah. I mean, we'll see next week. Oh my goodness! Like, if you're right, I'm gonna be pissed. All right. Let's say this: if next week it reaches twenty confirmed cases, at least twenty confirmed cases within America, I'm bringing this topic back up. <laughs> okay. All right. 20 cases. Let's pray that that doesn't happen. All right. So Hopefully it just goes down. No. We can hope. You. Okay, so... <laughs> people cannot see, but I was, like, trying to muffle myself. But that's the thing that happened in China, though. Like, the first case is that a guy, he went into the hospital, and they thought that they cured him, but then he went out... And then he infected three others. And that's where the people are saying, like, this is a bit weird because this is, like, you're showing infections. Like, you're still infecting people after you are no longer sick from the virus. So it's like, that is the other weird part about this thing where it's like those people that are confirmed to have no longer, like, to be cured from it, it's like, are still, like, eligible to make others sick. What? Pin it up. Yep. Box it up. Next week. Stop bringing up stuff that make me think about it. I'm sorry. All right. So, to The Corporation. The, the Corporation. Corporation was a movie that I saw probably like around 2005, which, not doxing you, um, <laughs> uh, but in that instance, there's a lot of, um, to me, there's a lot of stuff that occurs within the movie that I don't necessarily disagree in terms of it just being like just like terrible things that occurred, right? But my issue with it was that they were blaming it on capitalism. Sure, and that is stuff where I think that the movie I would say is good-natured but misguided. Okay, so like my my main issue was from what I watched, like within the first like five minutes, I saw people that I was like, oh my goodness. I, I mean, knew it was going to, like, misrepresent. You had the all-star cast of liberals. You had Naomi Klein. You had, um... I'd never heard of her. Like, I I knew Noam Chomsky. I knew Howard Zinn. And I knew... 
um, Michael Moore. And I was like, as soon as I saw those three, I'm like, oh my goodness. I I knew uh, Naomi Klein from uh, what do you call it? She she's a feminist and, and and stuff like that. But from what I knew her from was um, Occupy Wall Street. Interesting. Yeah. To which at that point I was like, I when she came on I was like, is this literally the same one? So then at that point I googled like imaged her and I was like, oh she just got old. Like I knew her older. <laughs> really. But, like, she's, like, in the movie, she's all thin face and everything, but then, like, in, when I saw her, she was, like... In real life? Yeah. You saw her in real life? She was at Occupy. She had this whole weird thing about, like, um... Uh... The 1%. No. Uh, she was really into how they, they started, the, like, these weird chantings at, like, where, um, people would say something. Eat the rich. No. <laughs> Um, people would say something, and then essentially the next person would then say it, and then the next person would then say it, so then that way, like, all the people in the back could then hear it. Oh, okay. It was like this weird, like, chanting thing where people were just like, like, a human microphones to each other. Oh, kind of like, a uh, the game telephone. I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But she did a speech, and then... Uh, halfway through it was like I'm really marveled by this whole system of like how everyone's communicating with each other um, but yeah that's how I knew her but going back were you occupying huh? well to me I saw what occupied Wall Street to me at least was Alex Jones there no okay what to me what occupied Wall Street like meant was like I, I felt like the like government intervention saving these banks and stuff like that that is why, wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, and it's like that to me is like why I was like there, but then it's just like this that whole movement, A was so ambiguous. And it was just like that at that point it was just like I I don't know, like it got pretty well covered. I don't think so. You don't think so? Not well, as well as it should have been or Well, I would I would say maybe the the thing that I guess I'm thinking of is more that there's a lot of stuff that seemed very like hey the government should not be intervening in these banks but then somehow it turned into this weird like pro-liberal type thing that i still don't know how it ended that way so it's like that to me is like like it is a movement that i quasi think was like had good intentions that just got hijacked very early by the liberals or the cia i think both really Interesting. Like, I, I was not politically minded at the time, and I didn't know sure. what was really going on. So, honestly, I think if you grow up anywhere in the U.S. and aren't politically minded, you are automatically have a liberal bias due to public education. However, I hate saying that because I also know that the bias that we speak of is just an agenda. So it's carefully constructed like honestly the schools put it into your mind so like capitalism is bad more people people have a lot of money that's bad and you should give that money to other people so um i don't know i forgot where i was going with this um you were saying that back then you were not politically minded yeah so like i would have seen like that that happening i've been like oh yeah that's good 
that they're protesting that. Uh, to me, it's like, I still, like, there's stuff that came out of it that at least, like, awoke me to the weird stuff the police do. Um, like, to the protesters? Yeah, so, like, they have, um, like, uh, these, uh, I forgot the name of it, I used to know it off by hand, but it's, like, these high-frequency sounds. Oh, yeah. That are, like, directed at the person, basically, it's, like, it would just be, um, just, like... Is it a single person, or, like, a group of people? You can have it, like, kind of spread out, but it, it works. Wasn't it new technology at the time? Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal stuff. So, I don't know, it just, I also remember seeing like cops spray just oh, random the, protesters just like sitting there doing see, nothing that, once again that's the thing it's like, there's so much imagery that came from it and we're just like man like at that point like it's easy to hate the state it is easy to hate the police but, like all these things like it's like it seems as if like it's a it's a good i don't know like almost like a right-wing protest but like on the ground level, everyone that was there, it's liberal. yeah, interesting. And it's like they all took away the wrong things from this entire like agenda. I don't know. Like back then, was right wing anti authority? No, and that's just because like that's what you're saying. Like that's the good imagery that came out of it. it's like the police, or is it the police state? Like I mean, I guess it's the police state. So. I don't know if that's necessarily right wing, because like now, you got the thin blue liners. They're all about the police state. I well, like personally, I used to be like thin blue liner. Now I'm like, oh geez. To me, it's it's something that I don't know. Like when I've had this conversation with people in the past, I I don't know in a sense like how to describe it. Where it's like, I feel that what used to be liberal. In, in a sense, like in 2004, became. Define cons- what used to be that. Like, like pro uh, f- uh, free speech, like anti war, um, like um, just kind of like a lot of like libertarian ideals in a sense. Okay. Like for some reason, like that line moved over the years and became progressively like conservative in a sense. Okay. Is that just the Overton window in action? In a weird way, I guess, but, like, I don't know, maybe it was, like, with the whole, like, Tea Party movement coming in, where at that point, like, maybe... You know, I just barely found out what the Tea Party meant, like, T-E-A was tax enough already, like, that's what it meant. Side note. (laughs) The Tea Party movement came in, and, like, shifted... Like, I feel that there was, like, a... a But, like, now you have all the neocons, they're all still warhawks, like, the... Parties are the same. You have like this the few standouts like, and even then they're still kind of neo neoconish. Well, I guess when I think of uh, who was pro free speech back in like two thousand four, it was a lot of liberals. Like I would say that like um, what's that guy? Al Gore. No, not Al Gore. Uh, Phil Mar. Don't know. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I you so, have to you have to realize like I became politically minded. Very recently. So, uh, back in, like, the 90s, he used to do a show called Politically Incorrect. Oh, okay. Philmar? Phil or Bill Maher? Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Wow. I know Bill Maher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I do know him. Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, he used to do a show back in the 90s called Politically Incorrect. And he got kicked off for being politically incorrect, but that was the name of his show. Yeah. 
So, but in the, um, like, after 9-11, he basically kind of made this whole, like, anti-war speech. And then at that point, like, he then got kicked off the air, and then, like, he went to, um, what do you call it, like, to HBO. But it's, like, even then, like, Howard Stern getting kicked off for, like, similar things. It's, like, I mean, like, these are not, like, the best people in the world, but it's still, like, a lot of, like, they were really concerned about, like, freedom of speech back then. And I guess to me... So is it just, like, a shifting from, um, what is it, like, authoritarian versus, um, non-intervention, basically? So, like, not necessarily left to right, but up and down on the political political compass? Does that make sense? So, like, maybe it hasn't shifted left or right, but it's just flipped, like... Authoritarian versus um, libertarian. I I mean I guess that could be a thing, but then because uh, you have like the left libertarians and you have like the right libertarians, but I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think it through in my head. Well, I, I guess like to me, it's like I I, I guess a, a word thing I would say that I consider free speech. I mean the the all are you free speech absolutist? I, in a sense, yes. So, like, you can say anything, like, you do have to suffer the consequences, but, like, I don't know. No one should, it's just speech, right? Yeah. And, I mean, it's something where it's, like, someone, like, as, I, as I've said it, and the sea's not yet full, it's, like, there's probably some Momo that's going to look for some, like, weird, dumb argument that is just, like, no. Catch like, out fire in a, in a and in a sense, like, why room. not? Like, why can't you? It's up to everyone else to determine whether or not there's a fire there or not. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't like, I, I guess, like, in a sense, it's like, I, I kind of go to the idea of, like, uh, I don't know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. True. Where it's like, if you were to do that, like, you're going to suffer consequences as a result. Right, but, like, I'm thinking where. Like, a state wouldn't be an actor in this? Like... No, no. Uh, but to me, I, I would say that, like, I... Freedom of speech, like, while all the rights are equal, in a sense, I, fe- I view that above all. Like, like, I'm willing to give... I mean, in reality, I'm not going to give anything in terms of, like, all the other amendments. But, like... That, to me, is, like, where I don't have any line of sand that I'm, like, any form of encroachment I view as bad. Right. I agree. I agree. So, it's, like, positive and negative rights. Mm -hmm. Negative rights are, like, innate. You can't, like, take them away, and positive rights are something that's guaranteed to you, like, external from your person. Mm -hmm. So, negative rights are not given by anyone per se like we're not like I, I don't even want to get like philosophical or religious about this but like no one gives someone the right to take your life mm-hmm. so you automatically have that right to defend it so for example the um second amendment mm-hmm. that's just words on paper that doesn't change the fact of the natural right that's mm-hmm. already there so i don't i don't know where i'm going with this but um, I do know where I'm going. I it's in my head. I just I'm jumbled. I have like lots of thoughts about rights and stuff. So 
<clears throat> if you're an absolutist, I don't think you need a piece of paper, don't yeah. you? That's what I. And I don't. Know, I, I. And I'm like having issues with the Constitution at the moment. Like, I feel like um, if you're like religious or ever were religious, like I feel like I'm doubting my faith. Mm-hmm. So like, just in the Constitution. Well, I, I mean, I kind of go back to the idea that the Constitution is the best thing that we have so far. Right, but like, I don't know. Like, if you, I've seen lots of memes. Like, oh, it's the best we have so far. There's so many better things. Um, do you know who Lysander Spooner is? No. He's a abolitionist, anarchist dude from the Civil War era, and he has a quote that says, um, "So, Lysander Spooner on the Constitution. He says whether." The Constitution has either authorized such a government as we have had or has been powerless to pre- prevent it. So, like, words on paper. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's societal and cultural. It needs to be innate that rights need to be respected. I don't think a piece of paper can do anything. Okay. Um, so, in a way of trying to figure out, like, maybe, like, translate what you're saying is um i don't need a piece of paper to say that i can't steal from you it should just be a basic human principle that i should not be stealing from you right and i don't disagree with that i mean in a sense like but is it just that humans are just dumb and they need a piece of paper telling them that from my interaction although it is just a piece of paper from from my observation from school and watching kids and things like that, if you don't specify things out, people are going to find ways to... But look, even if you have specified something out, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Seems pretty darn clear to me. <laughs> what the heck is happening now? Well, I, I mean, in that situation, it is one of those things where I would say it's a failure of the Supreme Court. Okay. Where the Supreme Court, I would say kind of creates all these gray areas and then at that point that is where like gray areas are started to are like exploited yes and i feel that is the intentional um aspect where it's like i feel that for the most part like whatever i guess like there's a whole like slippery slope fallacy but to me i don't think that the slippery slope is a fallacy. I think that if you were to go back to, like, the 40s and what have you, and people were saying, like, hey, if you allow this, this is going to happen in the future, I feel that all those people were probably right. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, just, like, even, like, the destruction of the family and stuff like that, like, the, the increase in divorce rates, like, all these things, it's like, uh, I, I understand that society, in a sense, has gotten freer but at what cost like i feel like there's a point where saying like hey i have the ability to i don't know rip a human being out of my body i in the end i don't really care about the argument but it's just more sense like what does that cost to your soul like sure the government can no longer like put you in jail like could provide things like that but there is a sense of like these things impact your soul in some way or another. And, like, I feel like there's so many things that since, like, the 40s 
that have been like in a sense like permitted that at that point they have destroyed the human psyche in a way that we as humans have not and cannot even like fathom interesting which once again it's it, uh, i mean this is uh um, sounds like some never mind i won't say that <laughs> well it's a I feel that in a past life, I was probably like a fire and brimstone type preacher. <laughs> okay. And I don't, like, I guess like to me, it's like there's a sense of when it comes to the extremes, I am more interested in that than... You're an edgelord. But it's like, I don't even think it's like an edgelord type thing. It's just more like, I feel like the extremes stick out. And, like, I, I don't have time to stick out, like, to try and figure out, like, what a mushmouth has to say, where it's just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like... I feel you. Like, I think I'm pretty much the same way, because I never, like, I get bored of the mundane. Yeah. Like, everyone else is talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, except I do, because, like, stuff like the coronavirus. I don't know. But, uh, so, like, Julius Evola, like, I feel like the thing that interests, interests me about him is just, like, he kind of says, like, there's a point where, like, in society that a man just kind of sees all around him and sees, like, this, like, this world no longer, like, I am no longer of this world. And it's just, like, what am I to do? Who's that? Julius Evola. Julius. Oh, Evola. Yeah. Yeah. And um. it's, like, that to me, I feel, is, like, where, like... I lie. And then my entire hope is that this podcast is trying to reach out to that person that also feels the exact same way. That there is, like, that the world has basically left them in, in some fashion. Where it's like, I... Because it's like, I, when I look at the media, when I look at, like, movies and stuff like that, none of, the, like, none, none of those things, like, resonate with me. You don't like Marvel? No. <laughs> Just kidding. Like... Even then, like, when I... I guess, I guess like, to Mind me... Mind-numbing. This is my, uh, like... I'm just back to the corporation. Like, <laughs> where did we go? Wait, wait. <laughs> just a small aside. It's, like, I... The the, the whole, like, Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you to watch that, uh... Um... That Frozen Elsa video yep. from Stephen Molyneux. Stephen Molyneux. And that is how I feel about Marvel. Really? That it's I just feel like that was so like stretched. I don't like. Maybe I'm just still a normie, but but it's like in, in these scenarios, like you have people that are that can solve their problems with supernatural solutions, and it's just like that to me. There, there's no like. There's no application that I'm getting from it. Like I like you're saying like okay. The moral the, of the story is to love your sister and. No, not fight. That's not gonna happen. Just kidding. But like, the 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 only way that like I can solve this problem is basically an act of God coming down and basically infusing me in such a With way. Ice powers. Or or even like the ability to just like just, turn into a giant green monster. Yeah. Where it's like that my rage basically benefits me. It's like no. It's like I. We have to control your rage. There's no. Um, benefit in any of these books it's just like it's the equivalent of eating candy where it's like there's nothing nutritious like, i mean i see that do you like stephen king by chance um i don't want to i mean 
Not necessarily. I guess to me, the only thing that will always appeal to me is just The Shining, but that's more of a I like the Stanley Kubrick. But, like, what I'm saying is, I used to, like, read books mm-hmm. to be entertained. I can't do that anymore. Like, I, I try to listen to books. It doesn't really do it for me anymore. And I need to, like, I just want to read books for, like, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know where the shift is. Is that, like, the beginning shift away from what the what society is, like, trying to... Yeah, and, and I guess, like, that is where, like, I maybe the ideal audience that I'm trying to appeal to is, like, a person that has gone that route. It's just that where it's, like, movies no longer really do anything and, like, music and stuff like that where it's, like, it doesn't, like, resonate with your spirit anymore. Yeah, like, I only like to listen to podcasts now. Like, I listen to music when I'm exercising just to like help me exercise but if i'm not exercising i just mm. listen to podcasts because i want to know more i want to figure out what what's what and i don't know well i mean i don't know i guess for me i i still listen to music but i would say that the i have become more specific about what i'm like it requires actual musicianship and stuff like that for me to be like can be drivel yeah like it's like it, it, I does that have meaning for me yeah, I mean, I would say that if you're already, like, a person with a craftsmanship at, like, at being able to do that, like, you probably are putting meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, so, if you're out there, if you feel like an orphan in the world, this is your podcast. You're a man without a country? Country without a man. That doesn't work. I... Uh, corporation I, is an individual. If you're a corporation with Then a, you can join this corporation. Oh, are we a corporation? I mean, at this point, it's a series of individuals that all agree to the same idea. Huh? So, there you go. That, that, that was gone over in the, the video. There you go. So That was if, a nice U-turn. Yeah, and if you agree with the entity that is No Spooks Allowed, then you are also a part of this corporation as a non-binding stockholder. <laughs> you probably won't get any... Return on your investment. Yeah. <laughs> intellectual property. I like, mean, at this point... I'm, intellectual knowledge. I don't know. I think at this point I'm probably like $200 down in this entire scenario. Oh, dude. It's like, there's no return on investment. Uh, are we just yelling into the void? <laughs> Honestly, like, that's fine with me if we are. Like, it helps me. No, because, I mean, we have listeners. And it seems like... I mean, I don't like looking at the numbers. I hate looking at the numbers. Yeah. But it's like it seems like it's like from the the few times that I've watched it, it seems that there is an upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at it in like two weeks, but like there was an upward trajectory when we were watching it. So I don't think it's screaming to the void. But yeah. but I also feel that screaming to the to the few that will listen to us. Hey, you only need Jesus only had twelve disciples. It's true. We only have I don't know to be determined. Yeah, we have one guy in I think. Georgia, really. According to the thing, uh, according to the stats. So I'm not really sure how he got there. Um, like so, Georgia, USA. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if it was Georgia, the country. Hey, God bless him. Georgia, Georgia guy. If you're listening, send us an email. Yeah. To um, to no speaks aloud pod at gmail dot com. It'll yeah. be in the description. Send us an email. We are talking. Tell us you. how you got here. Yes, please. Oh, jeez. That's weird that we're, like, talking to someone. That's how I do, um, what you call the sea's not yet full. I just imagine that someone's listening on the other side. Oh. Yeah. 
Because the only reason I'm able to do this is, like, there's banter. Yeah. Like, I... That was weird. I never, like, imagined someone picking it up on the other side. Yeah. Well, I don't know, like, for me, when I do, like... This Hello, man in, <laughs> or woman or non-binary in Georgia. Whatever entity is out there in Georgia. Oh, dude, that Area 51 clip you sent me? Yep. Oh, freaky, that was scary. Anyway, um, the corporation... Um, I don't believe in corporate. I don't believe corporations are bad unless they use the power of government to lobby themselves into power into further power. Yeah. Um, so that's called crony capitalism. Are you planning on finishing the movie? Yeah, I want to. Like it. It was interesting. I just didn't. Because like there's there's another like there's other elements of the movie that I'm curious about because um, they have this whole section where they say like hey. It seems like you're saying that you're trying to privatize the whole world. Is that like? It's like, yeah. No, that's, What's wrong with that? Yeah, and he's basically saying like, hey, if you were to have a collective of people that cared about like a river, a stream, like all these people would make sure that these streams are kept clean. Because- For example, you would never think about a cow going extinct because they are privatized. We are worried about all these indigenous animals that are going extinct. Privatize elephants; they will not go extinct. Let them breed them. Let them figure it out. They will not go extinct. Anything, anything that you're having trouble with, honestly, privatize it. It'll become better. And so, in that situation, they have the guy. I want to say, ah, uh, he's not Sears. It's some company that starts with the letter S. Um, but it's like some bank type corporation. But yeah, let's just say hypothetically, Sears Roebuck. A company that no longer exists. Um, so he's basically in the middle of New York, and he's just saying like, "Hey, a few years ago, I was going down the subway, and I got mugged." And it was just like, "I no longer want that to happen to me." So like, he bought up the area around the subway, and then basically fixed up the housing. So then at that point, it's no longer like public housing; it's private housing. So it's like it's a nicer neighborhood now. And then basically, he then also had the subway, like, they put a lot of security cameras there, and they also put, like, they they removed theft in terms of, like, turnstile, like, jumping, and then also, like, they added, like, a security team to it, and it's just, like, according to, like, like I mean, it is, it is a guy from a company, so he's going to only say positive, but according to him, like, the, the crime rate has, like, dramatically shifted, and all he did was just bought up that small area of land in that in like in that neighborhood. Because one individual saw the need. Yeah. I don't know. I think that just shows... The privatization works in that instance. Right. I don't think it's necessarily privatization. I think it's collective versus individual. Well, I mean, he's using the corporate, the company, to... Like, well, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. To leverage against... That makes sense. But I feel like... If you break everything up into individuals, you're not going to want to. I don't. I feel like no one wants to harm an individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are the few rare cases, but if you break everything up into individuals, it's not going to be because you're harming a person. You're not harming like this entity, this amorphous blob that is the collective, or the amorphous blob that is the government. Oh, I can do this because it's the government's pet project but you can you then see this individual has a vested interest in this 
at least this is how I see it. I don't know if that's how most people see it. If an individual owns this, that's their property. So, like, you're less likely to mess with it. I don't know. I mean, thinking about, like, when people own, like, even their houses, it's like they fix up their houses around them. They, they don't, typically, they don't let it go into disarray. Right. And it's just like they also want the community around them to get better. So is it like you're more likely to spend your own money wisely? Because you have an invested interest in that plot of land. So like since it's the government taking care of this, you're least likely to be like spendthrift or like wise with the money if you're spending someone else's money for not yourself. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, it's like... So, Noam Chomsky had the argument that, like, um, when you have public, uh, um, like, projects, like, say, like, a steel industry, that at that point it could run at a loss. And then at that point it could run at a loss, and then also, like, there'd still be, like, job growth, and it's still, like, it would weather any depression and stuff like that. Which, to me, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense in, in a way. It sounds like a fallacy to me, like... That doesn't make sense. You can't. Well, the USPS basically runs at a, at a loss. Okay. And it is a tool that we all, like, kind of use. Okay. So, it's like... But, like, if you... That's my issue. Like, if you put this onto an individual, no one can do this. But if you give it the power of the government, they can. So, the government can run at a loss, but an individual can't. Mm-hmm. If something's doing poorly in the private sector, they shut down. If something's doing poorly in the public sector, they get more funding. Yeah, and, and I guess in that situation, if you were to privatize it, they would look at to why it's failing. Whereas the like USPS, it's like they've made a lot of bad deals, specifically with Amazon, and it's just like where they're like running at a loss, and like Amazon can't run at a loss. Yeah. So, like, Amazon at this point now has is trying to build their own, like, infrastructure of, like... Of, um, to replace the USPS? Yeah, because at this point, like, because of Trump, that uh, he's trying to, like, remove that dependency. Interesting. But it's like, if anything, Amazon is going to ru- run it wisely. They're not going to allow the bloatedness that is the USPS system. Interesting. So it's all about, like, the individual that owns the corporation or the group of individuals that own the corporation. They all have the same vested interest, and they all... The profit... I don't know. I guess this is just my capitalism speaking. The profit drives the drives them, but the production is what creates the product. So product, production comes first. Mm-hmm. And what production is is what we consume. And if we don't consume it, then they don't have profit. So they have to cater to us. And it, so like it's a it's a big convoluted thing in my head. I I don't know how to streamline it. I'm bad at streamlining things. It's all in my head, but like I. I well, I, I guess when I'm listening to that, I'm I'm hearing more like an algebraic problem. A what? Like an algebra problem. Okay. So it's like in that situation, you're kind of just saying like, all right. Um, it's like your product is like X, yeah, and like X is almost like a constant. Like it, it, it is constantly needed. Except I think the end goal is human flourishing. Yes, sure. In my brain. 
Well, I, I guess what I was. So that's that's the end of my problem. Maybe I need to like. I think I just need to think about it as an algebra problem. Wait. Uh, also, just to mention this. Almost like there was a weird issue and the computer almost turned off. So there may be a weird delay. I will check it and try to edit it out. Okay. But um. But to kind of go back to the whole like algebraic problem, like so Im imagine it's like you have like blank plus blank equals x. Do pen. I need to write this down. There you go. Thank you. All right. So okay. So go ahead. X. The, the x needs to be essentially like the production. Okay. And so then at that point, like demand is like the first value. Okay, I don't. I don't know if I can like make a. I don't know if I can make a expression. I think I need to write down all the variables first. Well, let's just say a plus b equals c. Okay, very a, simple. Okay. So then, at that point, like the demand is a. Okay. And then uh, the production is c. Okay. So then, at that point, um, I don't know. What's b? Um. Let's say. Capital. No, I, w I would say maybe cost. Cost. Okay. Well, I guess it. Well, this is a big. This is a big. This uh, is a dumb thing to kind of like. We should have probably thought about this beforehand. <laughs> but but my end goal in in this situation is that like let's say if it was like one plus two equals three. Yeah. Then at that point, if one is not there, then at that point you don't get three at the end. So like if the demand goes down. Oh, so what you're saying is. All this stuff that I've been saying is needed. Yes. But what? But when it wavers, it? then at that point, it's like you're no longer getting the exact same results. Okay. So, like, what I'm trying to figure out in my brain is what drives it. Like, what makes it good? Is it power? Is it profit? Is it, like, human flourishing? Is it, like, the desire to do good? I mean, I guess it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, if your whole thing is, like... Just to get money, then like guess, Amazon. What do you think Amazon's? Well, I mean, Amazon's initial motivation was, "Hey, I, I like books and I want to sell books." Right. So then, at that point, like he made a bunch of money off of that, and then at that point, he's like, "All right, well, what about if I sell other things?" So, I guess it's like once you realize your initial dreams. So, like, I couldn't live. Like, I don't know what my life would be like without Amazon. Mm -hmm. I don't think Amazon is bad. I don't think. Depends on if you're referring to, like, you also kind of weed out, like, the, the mom and pop shops that also sell books. It's like... Right, but, like, the ones that, for example, I've been traveling and I always try to find a local bookshop and I always buy a book there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think those ones survive, but, like, the other ones that are just as corporate as, like, Barnes & Noble. Is Barnes & Noble... Suffering due to Amazon. Yes. Okay. So like, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a detriment. Just because people are getting their books from a different place, isn't bad. Well, I mean, uh, okay. It's like, it's like the fixed pie fallacy. Just because you're losing somewhere, something somewhere else doesn't mean like that's just automatically always like reallocated to. Well, I guess I kind of go to the idea of the the, the Walmart idea of where it's like. Walmart, because of all their profits, can run at a loss and then drive out all the other businesses around them. Right. So it's just like... It, but then also, then treat their employees like by not giving them as much compensation. 
but like that's the third party that they were talking about externalities. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe I don't think that's correct. Um, it's the thing they're talking about. The no, maybe it's a consumer. I don't know. Um, well, so we- like it's up to the consumer too. Like a consumer could choose where they want to go. Like they don't have to go to Walmart. Yeah, Walmart no, makes it like more affordable. So, so I don't know if you finished the well. Yeah, you said you did, but there's a point where they talk about the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? It sounded really funny. Okay. Um, but uh, there's a point where they they talked about uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and her whole plant, where it's like. In South America, these people were getting paid like a dollar, not even a dollar, it was just like 10 cents per like a shirt. Yeah. So there's like, um, it's like you had this whole infrastructure where these people were needing jobs and then these corporations and went in and then looked who would basically be... Except the lowest. Yeah, the lowest wages and then went there. So then at that point, they would be seen as a godsend, like, oh, Nike's coming to Ecuador, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, like... Why? Is the bad part when they leave? No, the, the bad part is that they're, like, they're doing such an excessive amount of work, but not being compensated the same amount that they, they should be. Okay, but, like, it's voluntary. Sure. And, and once again, it, it's one of those things where... Like, I watched it in my youth, and it's like, I can see both sides of the argument. Like, I see both sides, but, like, I always come across, like, oh, you're, like, capitalism is pro-slavery. Like, but the difference between slavery and, like, wage labor is they can walk away. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. So, the thing I think is interesting is now, at this point, like, you, I, I don't know if it's a factor of the fact, wow. A factor of the fact? <laughs> If it's because of the fact that they've had all these industries down there, but, like, people are willing to buy just, like, oh, an alpaca sock for, like, from, like, Ecuador that's, like, I don't know, like, $20 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, just because it's from, like, some weird remote country, at that point people are willing to spend all this extra money. In this. So it's, like, they don't even have to go the route of, like, working for Nike now they can just say, like, oh, I'm some vendor or what have you here doing this and then get paid way more than they should. Yeah. So I think the base question is, is the profit motive e- evil? Like, uh, So I would say that being motivated by profit is not bad. It is the detachment from human the human experience in the pursuit of profit that is the issue okay so um, they had the example of um, the what is it um, the the corporation uh, Monsanto where they use like RB, uh, RGBH to basically like pump up these cows with hormones mm-hmm. but it's like as I said within the the documentary, it's like governments are already paying um, farmers not to produce milk because there's so much milk in the world. So then at that point, you have a, a, a drug that's already, like, that has no reason to exist. But then at that point, it's like farmers buy it, thinking like, all right, like, I'll make more money off of this. So 
is it government subsidies that's driving this? Because consumers aren't buying milk. Enough milk. I mean... So I can see, I can see, like, pure capitalism, there would not be an excess. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, the, the the demand would then make them reduce how much cows they have, and then at that point, or, like, how much milk they're producing, and then go somewhere else. Or, like, probably, like, invest in something else. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Like... But to kind of finish the whole idea is, like, because uh, of that, they had so much milk, but then also there's a lot of chemicals that were going into these cows where now like, these cows were getting, like, mast- uh, mastitis or something, like mast- whichever. Um, like, basically, like, all these diseases and stuff like that because of all these, like, antibacterial properties going into the cows and they were developing all these resistance. So it's, like... In that situation, when people were trying to do the expose on that, then at that point, it, that's when I would say is the detachment from the human experience is because they were not wanting to, um, I guess, face reality and paying people to shut up about it. That makes sense to me. So, <clears throat> I agree with that. I don't think the profit motive is evil in and of itself. I think it, if used properly, provides the most good. Because mm-hmm. everyone's acting in their self-interest, and self-interest is usually profit. Um, so you can profit from it. And if everyone else is acting in their own self-interest, they're going to buy what interests them. And so the market the market provides. Mm-hmm. And where... Where things go wrong, in my opinion, is, like, subsidies from the government. When they use the power of the government to um, drive out other competition. Like, um, yeah. So, I I guess, like, maybe a a way to kind of go about this is, like, if you had a, a place where you own, like, let's say, you chop wood and you sold wood. In that situation, there's nothing really wrong when it comes to your company, because you're, you're, you're putting your labor in. Yeah, you know, you're getting the profit out of it. People buy it, like use it to make batch. People use it to make paper. <coughs> now, if your company is not making a lot of money, and then at that point, let's say um, the excess stuff you're dumping into the river. And at that point, if you use your money to then, like, buy off the police or the EPA, that, I feel, is where you then go wrong. But if you then... Once you become a mafia. Yeah, like, once you... Once you operate more like a mafia than a business. Yeah. What we would imagine a business to operate like. But it's like, that to me also then started getting to the absurdity of, like, (coughs) of um, the whole, like, carbon tax system. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, I have... I can make a million dollars, and you're saying that I'm being fined, like, $10,000? All right, fine. I'll pay you the $10,000. That's no, like, skin off my back. Mm-hmm. But these small companies can't do that. Yeah. So it drives those. It's just like the minimum wage requirements. McDonald's could do it. Yeah. Walmart could do it. But these little mom and pops can't do it. Yeah. So then at that point, they basically are reduced down to... Either downsize or close. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. That's... I, there's a lot of stuff within it that I think 
that movie, I think, is still good. I just think it's one of those things that the it's just very misguided, I guess. Yeah. Like it has a very simplistic view in terms of like I guess how a corporation runs. I agree. Um, I need to finish it still. So. Yeah, and uh, we can have a part two. Just kind of. I think it. we should have a part two, so I can elaborate more upon what I'm trying to say. See if I can get this jumbled mess in my head to straighten see, out. See, I was expecting, like, based on your reaction last night, you just to go, like, hog wild, like, <laughs> like, let's hang Noam Chomsky from a tree. I, I can't I can't hate Noam Chomsky, because he's good on some issues. Yeah, I mean, he's very, like... He's that's what I was trying war. to say. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, left and right doesn't necessarily concern me. Mm-hmm. It's up and down. Authoritarian to freedom. Also... Don't hang Noam Chomsky from a tree. Yes, that'd be bad. He's too old anyway. He might croak soon anyway. But, but, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't care if you're left or right. What I care if, like, if you want to force things on me or not. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you can go be a socialist. Just don't make me be a socialist. I'm going to use the profit motive to my advantage. And hopefully everyone else will want to follow along with me as well. Um, I recently gave a, a speech, I mean, to those who would hear it, but essentially it was about, like, uh, Alex uh, de Tocqueville. Oh, yeah. The guy who wrote Democracy in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things that he talks about is, like... Alright, so in the end, I can never remember what it was that I was saying about uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, so it was not that great of a speech to begin with. <laughs> But, um, I think we should do a part two. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you feel that this is, I guess, a good format? Yeah, where it's like every other one is kind of like a... I like, I really like watching the video. It was just my bad that I didn't watch the No, I mean, I understand, because it was things outside of your control that kept you from it. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it. Um, I feel like if we were to focus more, like when we did Alex Jones, we focused solely on that. But it, and that like that just flowed. That was I feel like that was a good episode. And but like Alex Jones, once again, I feel like he has there's a lot of meat to work with. Whereas like in this one, it's like so. This like, one just like put a bunch of stuff in my head, and like it's still just like. Well, to me, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that I. I mean, I can tell you all the scenes that were in the movie. But, like, I, I walk away with it and just, like, all right, like, I, you're, me, I... What's your point? Yeah, well, it's, like, okay... Th- what like, are you going to do to change it? Like, Agent Orange, like, occurred, and it's, like, all right, well, that was a lot of the government basically doing that. Like, it wasn't... No, it's capitalism. Yeah, like, you're putting a lot of stuff, like, on capitalism that, that was... the government. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's my, that's my big issue. That, like, irritates me to no end when people blame capitalism for stuff that the government did oh the 2008 crash was capitalism's fault no it yeah, was the government. going back to the whole like um occupied wall street yeah so i don't know like i just need i think i need to take notes as well so i can like better streamline my thoughts like i i feel like we did pretty good well i don't know i i blame the movie more than i do it's just in a sense because it's like there's nothing 
the, the movie had a point, and I feel that it was very kludgy on the way to get to the point, where it's like, it left itself open up to a lot of debate. And, I mean, if anything... Was that the guess, goal? Huh? Maybe that was the goal. Well... Because, like, they had Noam Chomsky, Howard Zinn, Michael Moore, and then they threw in Milton Friedman. Which... <laughs> out of context. And, yeah, but I, think, I feel like I... Uh, just a him as an old man just like out there like. yeah I don't know dude um I really like I, I think we should do this next episode mm. uh, number two of this um but there's a lot, like there's a lot of documentaries that like um I want to watch that are um out there uh, I don't know like the I kind of... There's an alien documentary that I just... I'm down for aliens. I like aliens. Um, and it's like about like 20 minutes long. And I feel that because you already... We've already seen... Well, I've already finished the movie. But this is since like... Um, we're on the halfway end of you finishing that one. It's just like, alright, well 20 minutes is not going to be that big. We can add it on. Yeah. Okay, we'll do... We'll do capitalism. Finishing up this one. Plus aliens at the end of this next one. Yeah. But, oh man, I really love this documentary. Yeah? Um, What's I, it called? Uh, Drop it. I, I don't know the name of it offhand because it's, like, it's one of those that, like, I, I just type in enough keywords. So, like, the whole, like, I can tell you the, the, the way the movie works. Um, essentially, it's, like, this, like, black guy in the middle of, like, the desert, and he's wearing a leather jacket. And he's, oh, dear. And it's like it's like from like early '90s, and he's talking about how we've discovered this footage of like an actual alien, and then it's like the, the footage you're about to see may be disturbing. And then it's like grainy and... and and it's grainy. But the thing that gets me about that movie is just it's kind of what I go back to with like you then see these people later on in like um, like. History Channel and like like all these like you just up, see them pop up everywhere else. Yeah, like in all these other and it's like were they just like joking around in this one documentary? So it's like it's, it's it's the one reason why this documentary has always stuck out with me is because like the documentary is so dumb, but like all these other people like they put their names out there as like oh I saw the footage it was convincing and it's just like interesting. So yeah, um, if you. Follow me on Twitter, and at that point, you'll see the link to said movie. I follow him. He's a good follow. Um, um, if you follow me, I don't tweet very often. I think I should start tweeting more. Well, a lot of... So, I'm scared to tweet. I don't know why. So, I was kind of waiting just for um, us to have finally the logos done. Yeah. Because a part of what I wanted to start doing is kind of create, like... A brand. We just sign your logo, bro. Yeah. Oh, you ever listen to uh, Cake? Yeah, I, I've heard some of their songs. You ever heard of Comfort Eagle? No. Oh. We, can't, we can't put that as the end because we already got something else. Yeah. But um, that, that's what I'm thinking of right now. Um, but what I wanted to do was kind of create, like, these posters that are kind of, like, red pill, per se, mm -hmm. and then kind of put our logo on it. 
Hmm. That'd be pretty cool. But then the idea is just like, in a sense, like, well, like, it, it, the idea that, like, memes spread and what have you, then at that point, like, it is a way to then get our, like, brand out there. I like that. Yeah. So look for those coming up in the future. I mean, but making we, posters take forever. <laughs> that's true. We could just make posters and put them on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I don't know. Um, we will have more for you guys next week. Um, I've yet to record the season I get full. That's fine. I probably won't get this edited tonight. Man. I, I... Hopefully this sounds good, because, like, I was so disappointed with, like, the initial setup for all this. I will... I'll, I'll let you know how it sounds. Um, follow us at Twitter. On Twitter. Not yeah. at Twitter. On Twitter at... Not underscore spooky. And NSA underscore mod. Um, email. email us at nospooksaloudpod at gmail.com. If you're listening, just send us an email, even if you just say hey. Hopefully, maybe come up with like some weird acronym or something, so that way it's just like... Yeah. Within character. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell your friends. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's all for now. If you were that guy in Georgia, please write in. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia. Stay safe. Uh, uh, taste of the Islands. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us. Something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. What well, What we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they the, the military. I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable discharge <laughs>
In some way, something knocked us off the air, and we're on a backup system now. It's the uh, government, or... I don't know. It has to be something, though. Well, did you hear... Now, you tell me, because you were listening. That was awful strange. There was a really weird guy on the air when it went off? Yeah. Real weird out. Like, uh, going, sort of, sort of sounding paranoid, schizophrenic? Yeah. Like crying and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 And how far into the conversation was it when when it went off? Just a couple, about 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, like you guys missed, you really missed the call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was really strange, all of a sudden I'm hearing Mark Furman. And when I, when That's I right. Well, the network, the network, of course, went immediately to a backup tape while we tried to figure out what blew up here. Uh-huh. So that's what you heard happen. Uh-huh. And then we're now on a backup link system uh-huh. uh, to be on the air at all right now. So, well, I'm telling you. Am I on the air right now? You're on the air right now. Well, you all better right. be, yes. <laughs> and uh, Where are you, by the way? I'm in Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, I called the other night. And uh, I wanted to ask two things. Real quick. Well, I wanted to say one thing, and I wanted to ask another. Real quick. I wanted to ask if you could play that um, remote viewing uh, one when you were in while you go to Egypt. Yes. And also, I wanted to know uh, uh, all the, this uh, stuff about, like, uh, Area 51, if it's, like, the government's trying to put it out there like that. So, like, some other places and being watched as much. In other words, it's a big decoy. I see what you're saying. Aaron, apparently, we'll be back after the news, I think. Send me here. We lost all transmit capability on this end here in Nevada. The transmitter went belly up suddenly for some unknown reason. I've never seen it do this in all the years, all the years that we've been on the air. I have never seen the transmitter in this way just simply fail, a massively fail, like a massive heart attack or some kind. And so we have gone to a backup system to get the signal to you right now, and I presume it is getting to you right now. Totally bizarre, folks. Totally bizarre. 